and welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Once again, I want to keep saying happy 2020, happy 5,780 for the Jewish calendar. This is going to be a year of great exploits. This is going to be a year of great blessings. This is going to be the year of great breakthroughs for those of us who are have ears to hear and eyes to see. We are going to be blessed out of our socks in 2020. 5,780 in the Jewish calendar. So, as I begin my 2020, I have been drawn, I drew the line in the sand and I said, the, the demons, the weights, the cares, the sins that, that were on me in 2019, in the last few decades, I had a lot of death in, in the last decade. My father died in 2016. My brother died in 2017. Uh, my aunt Mabel, who was like a second mother to me, died in 2018. And I am done with death. And so I'm expecting great things for me and those who bless me and those who, who I love, because I'm praying for them. I'm praying for you, listeners. And I just want you to draw the line in the sand and say no more. No more sickness. No more disease. No more lack. No more poverty. We want the riches and wealth of Christ Jesus. We want above all to prosper and be in good health. We want to be doers of the word. And one of the interesting things that I would like to share with you is obedience. You know, the world has basically got us thinking that you got to obey. So you're in bondage. You got to obey God. So you don't have any freedom. You don't have freedom. You can't be free like me. Okay. So you, cause you so obedient. You're such a goody two shoes. But what people don't know, the secret is this. In obedience to God's word is freedom. Freedom that we can, you cannot even imagine. And a life that is so full of good and great things. Being obedient to God in your marriage and not having an affair. Yes. That, 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 you might feel like you're in bondage because you can't have an affair. But guess what? It will save your marriage. You will have a legacy. It will, you will have your marriage and you will have a, your kids. Your kids won't be torn apart by divorce. What you thought was freedom in the world is, ends up being death and destruction and bondage. <laughs> so obedience to God and his word does lead to freedom. It also leads to blessings that you can't even think about. And if you take a close look or even a, a far away look, you can look from a distance and look at people who do not line up with God's word, right? Are not good stewards of their bodies, are not good stewards of their mind, are not good stewards of their money, are not good stewards of their time, are not good stewards of their relationships. These people are just 
trapped in a, I'm going to do a African-American colloquialism by Dr. Edith Davis, jacked up. Your life is jacked up. I think of the areas that I am obedient to God in. And I'm just like, it is so much freedom in obedience to God's word. It's the exact antithesis of what the world says. One of the interesting things that just penetrated my spirit just recently was, you know, rest in peace, R-I-P. And I was listening to um, one of the um, giants talk about another giant of the kingdom of God, um, which is Joseph Prince. And he basically is talking about teaching people about grace, which is sorely needed in the body of Christ because we have a lot of mixture in our church, in our churches, a mixture that makes both sides ineffective. But the long and short of it is, is that Joseph Prince, Prince teaches obedience. Joseph Prince teaches holiness. Joseph Prince teaches these things, but he also teaches grace that God has provided in advance everything that we would ever want or need. Matter of fact, God has got it so down pat. He's done exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond anything that we could even hope or think of. And he took takes that R.I.P., R.I.P., rest in peace, and he changes it. And he says, rest in power. That's right, rest in power. And the way you rest in power is to be obedient to God's word, and then you can rest and let God take care of your mess. That's right, God will take care of it. You know, one of the interesting things I was listening to this morning, which a, a different a different aspect of the children of Israel as they walked around Jericho, the walls of Jericho, and God basically told them, I don't want a word. I don't want you to say one word, nothing, no murmuring, no complaining, nothing for it. I want you to walk around this wall six times. Don't say nothing. Just quietly walk around the wall. These were huge walls. This, they actually said that you could have chariot races on the top of the wall, these walls. That's how big these walls were. And on the seventh walk, a seventh walk around that wall, the walls came down. They had a shout and the walls came down. Well, it's obvious they didn't, they did not push the walls down. And it is said that the walls were actually not, they didn't fall down. They were pushed down so that they could walk across the wall and take Jericho for the kingdom of God. It was the first fruit, by the way. So, so rest in power. Rest in power comes from walking in obedience. And because they obeyed, God did the work. God had his holy angels press the walls down into the ground, down into the ground. So what walls are in your life? Do you have a prodigal child, a prodigal son? Do you have a prodigal daughter? Do you is your finances in disarray? Or is your marriage on the brink of divorce? Is what is it? What is it that is pressing in on you? This is what you need to do. You need to go to the word of God. There is power in the word. There is life in the word and find every scripture on that particular subject that you are having issues in. Then 
the Holy Spirit is going to have something come out of the page. It's going to be like a billboard. It's going to be like a, a, a kiosk. It's going to be a burning in your heart. That's the one you need to meditate on. Until God unpacks it, until God unfolds it, until God reveals what he has for you in that word, then apply it immediately. Do it immediately. Be a doer of the word immediately. And I guarantee you this, God will go in and clean up your mess. God will go in and take care of your mess. God will Take care of you. He will fight your battles for you and you can rest in power. Not resting like not doing anything, not resting like procrastination, but resting in Christ Jesus, the word of God. I really liked that. I, I, R.I.P. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Rest in power. And you rest in power. When you are obedient to the word. Another thing that you need to maybe think about for 2020, because you don't want anything blocking the great things that God has for you. Uh, I have to just tell on myself, I got to do it. What else can I do? Not God told me over 30 years ago, maybe even longer than that. Be not offended, Edith. He gave me a word. He said, Edith, you cannot be offended. And you cannot, you got to walk in forgiveness. So you have to forgive those who trespass against you. And when he said be not offended, he didn't say I was never not going to be offended because I'm offended all the time. But he was basically saying, I can't carry that. I can't hold that because I, it took me all this time to finally get the deep revelation. And this was the situation. I had helped an individual. And I don't want to go into details on what I had done for this individual, but I had helped an individual and, you know, I, I didn't charge them. I, I, I do that a lot. I, I help people and I do not charge people. But it was such a major blessing for this person. I mean, it was a big deal. Out of her enthusiasm, she says, I'm going to give you $1,000. Well, I wasn't charging that individual. But when you give help people make thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, and I mean a lot, I'm not going to tell you the amount, it was a lot. I would say, oh, wow, thank you. So the, they got their money, the time came, and the individual, you know, you know how people are, they're kind of avoiding you. And so I finally, you know, caught up with them and said, what's up? And she said, oh, I'm coming back with the money, I promise, okay. I said, okay. So she came and she handed me $100. And basically, I was like offended. And I kept telling myself, oh, Edith, you're not offended. Uh, Edith, you're not offended. And what the, what the revelation was, was that I was deceiving myself. I was telling myself I wasn't offended. But in actuality, I was offended. And this offense was blocking my blessing that God was trying to get to me. Now, once once he opened my, my eyes and opened my mind up to see the reason why I hadn't had a breakthrough in certain areas was because I still was harboring offense. You know, I let that go quick, don't you? I, I let that go quick. But it took that to finally find out the power of offenses. And this is the power of offenses, everyone. And what you can do is, before I go tell you about the power of offenses, 
and how you can RIP rest in power is you've got to ask the Holy Spirit to do a deep work in you and tell him to pull out any any hidden offenses because this offense was hidden. I thought that it was not. I did not have this offense. Right. And I was saying, and then what's the big deal? So what if you're offended? It's a big deal when you think about major blessings are being held up because the Holy Spirit cannot work through you because you are what? Offended. So basically, um, ask the Holy Spirit to clean you out. Any hidden offenses, anything that you have not forgiven, tell him to pull it out of your heart because that is probably blocking your prodigal daughter from coming home, blocking your prodigal son from coming home, blocking, blocking your finances being turned around from poverty to riches and wealth, from lack and poverty to riches and wealth, right? Oh, this is maybe blocking you having an, the, the ideal marriage going back to the honeymoon stage of your marriage. This may be blocking um, the relationship that you have with certain people that you wish you were closer to. But there's always some kind of strife. There's always some kind of issue. There always is some kind of problem. And with envy and strife, every evil work, it is a spiritual law. With envy and strife, every evil work had, can come in. You gotta shut it down. You cannot walk in envy and you cannot walk in strife. You can't. So with envy and strife, every evil work shall come. Right? So, so once I got that offense cleared out, God showed me something about offense. Is everybody ready? Here we go. Satan has a two punch. It's kind of like a two power punch with offense. You're always going to be offended. Somebody's always going to offend you, but you don't have to receive it. You need to block it, right? You need to block it, right? With your shield of what? Faith. You got to realize this is a ploy of the enemy. So you got the offense, which is a downer. Right. Somebody that you love has betrayed you. Somebody that you depended on has disappointed you. All of these things. Right. So next is this. Now you're offended. And if you're like me, quote unquote, a mature believer, you say, I cannot be an offense. And I will. And I'm going to be an offense. I'm not offended. But you still are. Right. So within your soul is this offense. You were offended. That's one bad thing. But now you have a what offense. Guess what that offense does? That offense blocks, blocks the Holy Spirit from moving on your behalf. And it's a landy strip. The offense in you, the being offended, is a landing strip for Satan. Satan can land his plane right onto you and cause all sorts of Problems for you in every aspect of your life But if you get rid of the landing strip If you say, Holy Spirit I don't want to be offended anymore Because you see that it's blocking your blessing The Spirit of the Lord can't move on your behalf He can't help you with these financial issues Because you are busy being what? Offended Do this for me, spiritual believers and listeners Today, and before you go to bed tonight, ask God to show you all the offenses, to show you all the unforgiveness. Repent, ask for forgiveness, 
for being offended, for not being not forgiving people. Repent means simply turn and go in the opposite direction. That means I no longer am going to be offended, and I'm no longer going to not walk in unforgiveness. Right? I'm going to walk in forgiving people. I'm going to bless people that hurt me. I'm going to do good for people that treacherously betray me. That's what you got to do. And I know it is not natural. You're absolutely correct. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. You can't do this without the help of the Holy Spirit. So what you need to do is this. Let God show you your offenses, the hidden offenses that you say that you they're forgiven. I'm no longer forgiven. And let me tell you the test. This is the test to know, and this is how I found out that I had a hidden offense. The test to know that you are still offended about something is, are you still talking about it? That's right. Out of the mouth speaks the heart. If you're still talking about it, if you're still talking about it, you are still offended. And if you are still offended, you are blocking Daddy God, our Father, you have Lord God, Yahshua, Mashiach, Christ Jesus. Lord God, you, Ruha Kadash, Lord God, Holy Spirit, from blessing you. What is it that you've been crying out to the Lord for all these years? What is it that you've been asking for a breakthrough all these years? What is it? I'm telling you right now, examine yourself. And get rid of those offenses. Get rid of that unforgiveness. And you will see breakthrough in your life. I told God, I don't care what it is. Whatever area he touches in my life, I want to easily surrender it to him. And he is touching some things in my life. For sure. For sure. So, how do you rest our rest in power? You rest in power, you rest in power, R-I-P, you rest in power by walking in obedience to God's word. And in walking into obedience to God's word, God will fight your battle. God will fight your battle. God will clean up your mess. God will take care of you. And you will see the blessings of 2020. You will see Manifestations in 2020 Now I'm going to tell you right up front Especially those of us who are a little mature This is not our first rodeo Right So you're going to Every pressure point That Satan has pressed Is going to You're going to get tested And God wants you to get to the point where Every pressure point that Satan presses on you You don't even move You don't even squeal You don't even yell you don't even not you just like you are solid as a rock. You don't move and you still operate in love and you still operate in patience and you still love your enemies and you do good for those who do evil against you and watch the windows of heaven pour out a blessing on you so great that you don't have room enough to receive it all. I think about Joseph. I think about David. I think about Queen Esther. I think about the men and women of God. In the case of Joseph, Joseph was immature. He was a dreamer. He was selected by God to save his brothers and his father. 
and their whole household. He was selected to save the people of Egypt. Joseph was the salt of Egypt. Salt is halas, H-A-L-A-S, which means prudence. Prudence means wisdom, discernment of spirit, and good judgment. And God has sprinkled us, the people of God, in the world system to be prudent, to walk in wisdom, to walk in discernment of spirits, and to have good judgment where we are. And Joseph was selected, but he had to be tested and he had to be um, transformed into a vessel that God could use. He wasn't ready to go to be the prime minister of Egypt and run the whole country and actually give the Egyptian pharaohs the first taste of true wealth that they ever had. He had to what? He had to go through. And the first thing that happened was God let, let, he knew that Satan wanted to take Joseph out. And he knew that Satan had entered into the heart of his brothers. He knew that they were going to throw him in the pit. But let me tell you something. Nobody, nobody can out check make God. Nobody can out check make God. So what ended up happening was, um, Joseph's brothers, Joe and, and Jacob, foolish Jacob, he saw the envy and jealousy of his son. He helped create that monster, right? J Jacob, but you know, how can he not? He came out of that situation too, where his father Isaac dotted on Esau, his mother dotted on him, right? He was his mother's favorite, Esau was his daddy's favorite. So he was used to the dysfunctional kind of relationships. So what does he do? He perpetuates this dysfunction in his relationships with his sons and his daughter, right? So he sends Joseph, who he know is a tattletale, and Joseph is and and and, and Joseph's not smart enough to keep his mouth shut. He told already told the brothers about the two dreams, and it didn't take rocket science to figure out that he was basically saying, "Y'all all gonna bow down to me, and I'm gonna be over you." That was not a good thing to do. That was not wisdom. That was not discernment of spirits. That was not good judgment, Joseph. So what happens? He's got to go through training. And he went through pit training first. He went through the pit training first. In the pit training, I'm sure he came to the revelation. Maybe I shouldn't have gone off and talked about, you know, being such a tattletale. Maybe I shouldn't uh, have told my brothers the dream. But God, you know, used Reuben to come to his senses and got him out of the pit because the brothers was going to kill him. Satan was going to use these young men to kill their brother. And this is not the first time this has happened, right? Cain killed Abel. The very first murder was siblings, brothers, right? So, so what happens next? Joseph gets put in, um, sold to a, a band of Ishmael's. But guess what? Ishmael is from Ishmael, which was one, the firstborn son of Abraham through his servant Hagar, right? So that and so that's why the Arab people, a lot of Arab people have the blessing of Abraham. They have the blessing of Abraham. They have the riches and wealth of Abraham. Okay, that's another story. Let's move on. So then what happens next? God picks Potiphar's house. Why? 
because he needed to get Joseph in an environment of a people that were used to hanging around royalty because he was going to be preparing Joseph for the prime ministership of Egypt. So he the, the even stripped naked, butt naked on the auction block. Joseph was prosperous because God was with him. That's the secret key right there. God was with Joseph. So what happens next? Joseph is bought by Potiphar. He basically, he quickly, quickly, even heathens, even Gentiles, people that don't know God can recognize the hand of God on somebody, right? So Potiphar could quickly see everything he put on, put under Joseph prospered. So basically he put everything under Joseph except his what? Wife, right? So Joseph was had access to everything, everything prospered. But Joseph was a fine brother. Joseph was handsome. Joseph was young and virile. And Potiphar's wife, she was a cougar. She wanted Joseph, right? So she got, she went after Joseph. She went after Joseph. He skirted her. He tried to avoid her. Till one day, she waited until he went into the house to use the restroom. I think that's what was, he had to go. So he went in. And guess what happened? She pounced on him. And Joseph ran. Now, think about this. Why did Joseph run? Joseph ran because he was tempted. He's a young man. She's a she's part of his wife. She bet she definitely was beautiful, for sure. And she wanted him. Joseph was a virgin. I'm pretty sure he was a virgin, right? He had never had sex before. He ran because he loved God so much. And also, he knew this was a sin. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Ten Commandments hadn't even, we haven't had Dasha not commit adultery yet. This has not come out yet. Moses not even born yet. This is hundreds of years before Moses and the Israelites and the, and the, and the law comes for he knew that was wrong it was a moral law that was in his heart and guess what happened she lied on him she falsely accused him she lied and said that she that he tried to rape her but she fought him off right right and so what happened and she got proof because she had his what the towel or whatever coat that he had wrapped around him she had that in his hand as he ran he fleed and left it behind he didn't even turn around to go get it. And guess what? Potiphar knew because if, if he believed his wife, all he had to do was throw Joseph to the crocodiles. You know, they had crocodiles in Egypt. So putting him in the prison underneath the palace, another setup, another setup. So here we go. He's already spent some time in Potiphar's house. He was falsely accused. Do you know there is no record of one time Joseph bad-mouthing Potiphar's wife, not one record. So Joseph learned what? Discretion. Joseph learned what? Discretion. He passed the test of purity. He passed the test of discretion. And guess what? God was with him. And guess what? He even prospered in the prison. And he was elevated up. And guess what happened? He was put over the entire Prison. That's right. The entire prison. 
And now you see another gifting. Now you see God give him another gifting because he chose to obey and pray, right? And keep his eyes on the Lord God, Yahweh. And God gave him the gift of interpretation of dreams. Yes. The wine taster for the, for the Pharaoh and the baker for the Pharaoh had displeased the Pharaoh. And back in them days, when you displeased the Pharaoh, you usually die. You get your head chopped off or thrown to the crocodile or hanged or something like that. So what ended up happening? They come in and they're, they're treated special because they're from Pharaoh's palace, even though they're in prison and waiting on the verdict of Pharaoh. And they both have dreams. One, the wine taster had a dream of, um, um, I guess it was uh, three grapes. And he plucked the grapes and pressed the grapes in a cup to give to the Pharaoh to drink. I think that's how the dream went. It's been a while since I read this. And then the um, baker had the dream of three loaves of bread on top of his head. Well, one was a very, very good dream, and one was a really, really bad dream. But Joseph passed the test of truth, right? He told the truth. Even though it would might be b- bad news, he told the truth. And what happened? The what? The He said, the wine guy, in three days, you're going to be restored back to the Pharaoh, back to the court. Please don't forget me. And for the... For the baker, he said, in three days, your head is going to be removed from you. Two, in three days, the, the wine taster went back to the palace. And then, the, and in three days, the baker was killed. Just like Joseph said. It, well, they're not, it wasn't him, it was God. He interpreted the dream that God had given them of their future destinies. One was a bad one. One was a good one. And guess what? Immediately, as soon as the wine taster got up to the palace, he f- totally forgot about the slave, the Jewish, the Jewish slave that was in prison that interpreted his dream. And God did that on purpose. He still had to be transformed. He was not quite ready. Some more dross had to be taken off that gold in, in Joseph. Because God don't want you beholden to nobody but him. You must bow your knee to him and him alone. It doesn't mean that you're not a wise person. It doesn't mean that you don't get along well with people or try to help people. But you cannot bow your knee to nobody but Jesus, the Father and the Holy Spirit. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Just like Daniel. Right? Just like Esther. So long and short of it is, after God felt like Joseph was ready, finally, he gave the, the Pharaoh a dream. And guess what? It was a double dream. Whenever you have a double dream from God, it is definitely going to happen. No, it's not going to be altered. It, this is going to happen. And the Pharaoh had a dream about the seven cows, the seven um, um um, fat cows coming out and then the seven skinny cows came out and ate the seven fat cows and then he had the, the uh, seven lush um, corns and then we had the, the seven um, scroggly weak corns and just you know so it was not a what 
not a good dream. And basically, nobody could interpret it. And then, oh, ding, 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 ding. Finally, the the wine taster remember. Oh, wait a minute. There was a young man in the what? In the prison who interpreted the baker's dream and my dream, and it came to pass. Just like he said, and he said, and he said, Pharaoh, I think we have somebody that can do that. And what did they do? They shaved him because he was a Hebrew. He had a beard. Now, they shaved him. They cleaned him up. They gave him a bath. They put him in Egyptian attire. They put on the Egyptian makeup on him, and they brought him into the presence of Pharaoh. And because of the excellent spirit, because of the excellent spirit of Joseph, he interpreted the dream and then he told him, he says, Pharaoh is coming. You're going to have seven years of plenty and you're going to have seven years of famine. I advise you to take store away some of the plenty to prepare for the seven years of the what? Famine. And you need to, and God said, and then the Pharaoh said, who else can do this other than you? You're the only one in here with the excellent spirit. And that's how when one day Joseph went from the dungeon to the palace, from one day he went from a slave to the number two man of all of Egypt. That's equivalent to being the vice president of the United States of America. So, yes, he was number two. And basically, he... <laughs> It was awesome. And he saved Egypt and he saved not only Egypt, but all the surrounding nations were saved because of this man, this man of God, Joseph, this salt of the earth. And guess what? It came from a spirit of obedience. It came from a spirit of obedience, which gave him freedom, which gave him the blessing. And he rested in power. R.I.P. Thank you once again for joining me. And I want to um, end it with Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for joining me on Enter the Glory Zone. Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for to be. Oh